Section 9 of American Scenery, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Diana Schmidt. American Scenery, Volume 1, by Nathaniel Parker Willis. Saratoga Lake. A singular feature of American scenery is the great number and beauty of its small, fresh-water lakes, from one mile to twenty in circumference, fed universally by subjacent and living springs, with outlet rivers which carry off all that is superfluous, and with shores always richly fringed with foliage and oftenest hilly and picturesque. They lie in the midst of the wild forests, like silver mirrors, tranquil and lovely, mingling a refinement and an elegance with the bold character of the scenery, which contrasts, like Una, with the Cochant lion. Most of them are feeders to the great lakes and rivers. They are counted fifteen which send their waters into Lake Ontario, from the side of New York alone, a fact which gives a fair idea of their numbers while it shows the resources so difficult to conceive of those vast plains of water saratoga lake must depend for celebrity on the campaigns of general burgoyne and its fish dinners of the first the history has been written and read of the last the traditions are oral but while appetite returns and trout venture to the angler's hook the memory will be renewed the springs are distant only three miles and hither drive the more luxurious visitors of saratoga to dine in parties those coming early who prefer sympathy with the catastrophe of the fish and broiling themselves during the morning in a flat-bottomed boat among the trout catchers there was a gay party on this lake some six or eight years since fishing and airing their wit under the auspices of a bell of some fame and authority the boat had been pulled into water of five or six feet depth on the eastern side and the ladies sat at the ends of their rods about forty yards from the shore watching their floats which lay on the surface of the glassy water like sleeping flies but as the old fishermen in the bow could have told them laughing loud enough to fright even the eels from their appetites after several hours bobbing without bite or nibble, the bell above mentioned discovered that her hook was caught at the bottom. She rose in the stern to draw it up more easily, and, all the party leaning over at the same time, she lost her balance, and in falling overboard upset the boat. For the first minute it was a scene of some terror. The gentlemen were very near drowning the ladies, and the ladies the gentlemen but the old fisherman a tall fellow who knew the ground and was just within his depth quietly walked about picking them up one by one and giving them a hold of the inverted gunwale and so pushed them safely to shore suspended round the boat like herrings on a hoop nobody caught cold other people had caught fish they dined merrily and the principal actor in the scene has since been known by the sobriquet of the diving bell there is an indian superstition attached to this lake which probably had its source in its remarkable loneliness and tranquillity 
the mohawks believed that its stillness was sacred to the great spirit and that if a human voice uttered a sound upon its waters the canoe of the offender would instantly sink a story is told of an englishwoman in the early days of the first settlers who had occasion to cross this lake with a party of indians who before embarking warned her most impressively of the spell it was a silent breathless day and the canoe shot over the smooth surface of the lake like a shadow about a mile from the shore near the centre of the lake the woman willing to convince the savages of the weakness of their superstition uttered a loud cry the countenances of the indians fell instantly to the deepest gloom after a moment's pause however they redoubled their exertions and in frowning silence drove the light bark like an arrow over the waters they reached the shore in safety and drew up the canoe and the woman rallied the chief on his credulity the great spirit is merciful answered the scornful mohawk he knows that a white woman cannot hold her tongue saratoga lake is eight miles in length and a little over two miles broad it is about eight miles west of hudson river which receives its outlet waters under the name of fish creek the same stream before its entrance into the lake is called by the sesquipedalian title of Rosaris river with its pretty maiden name it loses its beauty and flows forth from its union with the lake in a dull and murky stream and so drops sluggishly into the hudson ah many an edifying homily has been read from a blinder text End of section nine